0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Lifeline. Well, we know, uh, first time in three years, the Christmas parties are back. Uh, they're back in Dublin uh, with a bang, and tonight's the big night, so to speak. Uh, 2nd of December, the first Friday of uh, the month. It used to be the first Friday for Sodality, but that's long gone. It's now the first Friday for Christmas parties, and a lot of companies have not had, obviously, a Christmas party in over two years. Um, we got this, and this is a warning. I don't know what to say to people. I'm asking people to think about, not think about going out, not think about enjoying yourself, but think about how you're going to get home, because we got this... As you know, we have a voice message, uh, WhatsApp number, and I ask people if they would please put it in your um, in your phone, and you can WhatsApp us at any time with a voice message, and it's oh eight seven one eight four three seven zero nine. Lisa obviously did that, put it in her phone, and she left this voice message uh, from the centre of Dublin at uh, half three this morning. Hello, Joe. My name is Lisa. It is now quarter to three in the morning. I've just got home from being out in Dublin City. Yet again, I've had another night of where I've hailed a taxi down. It stopped. It's looked me up and down and asked me, where am I going? I said, I'm going to Rohini. Looked me up and down again and said, no, sorry, I'm not taking you. And I moved on. I moved down to the road to another guy who stopped the taxi. Again, it stopped. So I ran down to ask him what the problem was. And when I did, the taxi driver then moved on. With that, I had two guys abusing me the whole way down Camden Street and Nassau Street. So within five minutes of coming out of a pub, club or whatever it is, I have now been accosted, ridiculed and absolutely made to feel like crap for trying to get home. All I want to do is get home. I'm not safe. I'm not anything. There's nobody to protect me. There's nobody to mind me. And the taxi drivers are not doing it. And I did eventually get a nice taxi driver that brought me home. But I had to walk the other side of the city and I tried to hail everything down. I had just gone through 30 minutes of abuse from people, from the taxi driver and from the two lads following me the whole way down Camden Street, intimidating me. I'm female. I'm on my own. There's nobody minding me. Is there any way we can get some kind of taxi service that's just for girls to go to at the end of the night? Because I will never go into Dublin City again to go out because I cannot enjoy myself because I cannot get home. And that was fairly heartfelt. As as you heard Lisa say, she's just in the door and uh, coming up to three o'clock this morning. And you heard her ordeal. Now, as you know, the taxi driver's got a significant increase. I don't think anyone has got a, uh, an increase as big in their fares or in their income, so to speak, as taxi drivers from the National Transport Authority. That's the Quango that runs everything to do with travel, buses, trains, um, taxis, trams, Um at the beginning of September, but part of that deal, we were told, was that they'd have to accept uh, cashless payments for a start. And the second part of the deal was this would encourage more taxi drivers to come out because there is, uh, as you know, there's two taxi fare bands. There's a regular band and there's a premium band. But being typically Irish, the premium band operates for more more of the week than the uh, normal band, if you follow me. And the premium band operates most of the week, all of the weekend. 
and um, um, any every day from uh, eight o'clock in the evening. So if you count the hours, the premium band is in force. It's actually greater than the regular band. So they should turn it around really. But anyway, the taxi fares have gone up and um, I don't know what to say to people that the, the night link is on. But the night link, as you know, is extraordinarily limited in Dublin. Anyway, it's one bus, one bus every hour in about seven or eight routes. So the same bus obviously just shuttles in and out. So it's about eight eight buses out of the fleet of, as I said before, nearly 1,300 buses that are that are employed. And now I see Dart uh, are making a big brouhaha, rightly so. But there, I looked at the times there, the extra trains they're putting on, and they're once an hour up to half one, 12.30 and 1.30. So I don't know what difference that makes, but um, please plan your journey. Now, talking about... Uh, road rage. Valerie Cox, formerly of this parish, uh, contacted us. Valerie, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? Uh, well, good, thanks. What happened to you, Valerie, and your daughter? Well, I have to say, I live about seven miles outside Oclo in County Wicklow. Yeah. Lovely town, really nice people, never had any problems. You know, it's, I would have said it's a really friendly town. But late the other night, uh, it wasn't that late, in fact, it was the afternoon, we'd okay. had the dogs down on the beach and we were driving back down the main street in Arco. And as we got near the end of the main street, suddenly the car cut out. Now, my daughter was driving. She couldn't get it going again. Mm-hmm. And I got out of the car to wave people around the car. Now, it wasn't a place you'd park in a million years. There was double yellow lines. Okay. We were in front of a pedestrian crossing. We couldn't get the car moving again. It okay. turned out that the clutch had gone completely. Happens, so we couldn't yeah. move it. But with that, the abuse started. And I couldn't believe it, Joe. I mean, this is one of the reasons I rang you. I want mm-hmm. to highlight this because I wonder, are we slipping into a very intolerant society now that we're coming out of COVID? Because I got out of the car, went to the back of it, and I was, you know, explaining to people they had to drive around the car. They, um, there was traffic coming the other way as well, but they were able to get around. But everybody lost their temper and the cars started blowing the horns at us. Um, just mm-hmm. putting their hands on the horns and staying on them. I reckoned about 40 cars blew their horns. Wow. Um, I was trying to figure it out. And then the pedestrians started to abuse us. And one man shouted at me across the road. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to repeat what no, he called us. And um, I said, look, the car is stuck. What do you want us to do? Yes. And he said, just get it the F out of there. And he was, he was going up a laneway. And he kept coming back down for another look. And then uh-huh. three other pedestrians took it up as well and started screaming at us. Now, with that... Um, a barman came out from Christie's pub. Now, I've got to say, Joe, we were probably there 15 minutes. Not one person offered us any help or offered okay. to have the car going. I'll give you a push or... No, nothing. Get... So with that, this barman came out and he, st- he saw what was wrong. It was very obvious we were broken down now, yeah. very obvious. And he said, I'll sort this. And he went back into Christie's pub. He got four or five fellas and they came out and they pushed the car half up on a footpath. Um, so that the traffic could get by. And I mean, I'm internally grateful to them. They're the only ones who offered to help. But, I but, don't but did any of the Valerie, did any of the 40 people who were shouting, did any of them say, what's wrong? No. Did any of them say, are you okay? Did someone maybe having a, a, an illness, a, a falling into a weakness? Is it, are you okay? Like, did, no, did, didn't think you, what did they think? You deliberately stopped the car to have a little yes. chat or something? I mean, my daughter was driving the car, so she stayed in the driver's seat, and I was behind her. And they started shouting at her, shouting at me. And I'd say back to them, look, the car's broken down. There's nothing we can do. I'm really sorry. We had rung for help. 
we also rang the Gardaí and told them where we were because obviously it was tea time rush hour. It was a kind of sensitive yeah. place to be parking. And uh, they said, there's nothing you can do. There's, there is help on the way. And I rang a family member as well who came out. He was the first there. But he went into the pub anyway, this barman, and he brought out four fellas and they moved the car and they were just so nice okay. about it, Joe. And, and the 40 people who were unfriendly, to say the least, was it a mix of men and women? It was mostly men. Now, there were a okay. few women, all right. And they were doing this thing of, you know, the way male drivers go when they get really angry. They sort of hunch themselves over the wheel and they start oh, revving yeah. the engine at you. Yeah. There was a lot of that as well. To what end? Now, like, to what, 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 did they, what are they going to achieve by... Well, they're not going to get by any faster, but when they did get by then, they went down, you know? I mean, the <laughs> anger was... It was actually very intimidating. And I have never felt anything like that in Arkell before. It was very, very unpleasant. Okay, Mary Whelan's on the line. Joe at rt.ie 0818715815. Mary, did you, you heard about this? Yes, uh, Valerie, um, I did hear about this uh, just through my daughter, but can I just tell you a quick story about myself? Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, so myself and my daughter-in-law were driving down the main street. And usually, do, years ago, there used to be traffic lights there, but obviously there's this no is, more this there. Is, this is an Arclo again? Arclo, yeah. Ah, okay. So I stopped to let the person coming from the bridge okay. coming across go down the ta- to go down lower main street right and what happened then was i flashed him and he wasn't moving and i flashed him again and he wasn't moving so i went i went to go on and i did go on and he started to beep at me and stick up his fingers and shout at me yeah. so i don't i just gestured at him like what the, what that you know what yeah. and then what happened was he followed me and my daughter-in-law Okay. Right down around the town, bumper to bumper, stopping and starting and bumper and bumper. Yeah. So I ended up reporting it to the guards, and the guards knew exactly who he was and went to him. But can I just say to Valerie, I really feel sorry for her. Um, but on another friendly note, she's just saying it's just what it's come to. I was um, driving yesterday, and I saw this woman, and she was really in a bad way walking. Yeah. So she lived up at the top of the town. I pulled up the car and I said, would you like a lift? She wasn't, she was a foreign lady and she couldn't thank me enough. So I yeah. brought her up. It's about Fair two miles away and I brought, well, a mile and a half. Well done. So I brought her up, dropped her off and she couldn't be thankful enough. If everybody just gave a little bit of patience, yeah. a little bit of kindness, yeah. the world would run better, don't you think? Absolutely. <laughs> and is that, is that street in Arco? I know it well, actually. The, the, it's a very narrow street. It's, it is, yeah. Um, now there is there is um, a bypass around Arkle, but I know. Yeah. You, but it's and then the bridge is another pinch point. Oh, yeah. stuff. Is that is <laughs> Valerie? Is is it that people are are queuing anyway? And when they oh, well, they are. And in fairness, now the traffic has been one way for the last few weeks, and they've only just reopened it last week yeah, exactly. to two way traffic. Mm. But you see, it's a lovely town, Joe. We have marvellous businesses there. The shopkeepers are lovely. I mean, it is just such a nice place that I was just bowled over by this because I've never seen anything like this. And I still don't understand why it happened. Yeah, but I can't... What I'm baffled by, Valerie, is that nobody inquired as to what was wrong. No, they didn't. But one text I'm reading here. It happened happened my father once in Chapel Lizard Bridge in, in Dublin. 
and he, he, his car broke down. He walked back to the driver behind and said to him, Hi, any chance you can explain to me how your horn is going to start my car? <laughs> I should have thought of that one, Joe. Your horn. Uh, Denise. Denise, good afternoon. Yeah, how you doing? What, what happened? No, it just, I usually ring you about more serious topics. No, that's fine. No, no I was coming back from Sligo there, I think it was last year, and I was taking, overtaking two Scanias, and the clutch went. I didn't know what was happening. I managed to get the car in, and then the rip-roar of the guys behind me on the main road. And are you saying guys, you mean men? Yeah. Okay, what was the rip-roar? What were they... They just beat them and they pulled in, but they, they had to tell me to move out. Sure, I couldn't move the car. And did any of them? Did any of them say to you, "Are you okay?" No. Any of them say, "Do you want a hand?" No. Any of them say, "Are you? Are you? Do you need to get anywhere in a hurry?" No, no. Um, I had to call out the rescue then, and then the same happened to me because I'm town near Temple Oak. It's my area. Dublin, same happened yeah. to me on the Spawell um, roundabout, and I was driving quite a large car at the time. And I had no energy to pull it. It went on the roundabout. This is a few years ago. Yeah. And not one person came over to me. You see, and I stayed out, Denise, but Father, I'll come back yeah. to this. I, I was trying yeah. to remember what was niggling me over your, your yeah. story. About four weeks ago, we had uh, a woman on whose partner had got in a taxi. Yeah. And when he was on the taxi, when he was the journey, he had an, epile- he had an epileptic fit. Okay, oh, yeah. and the, ta- the taxi man effectively dumped him out of the. We thought he was drunk or something, and yeah. dumped him out no. of the taxi, and never yeah. drove him. He should have been driving him to a hospital, and that's what I'm saying. Somebody, God forbid, in your car could have been having a, sure. a fit of some description. And oh my God! Boys in the back car, you know, anything, or whatever, you know. But it's um, Valerie. It, it, it's just really, as though we don't really care about one another anymore. And, you know, I would think that's very sad that we're not looking out for one another. And, I mean, I would have thought in Arco, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've lived there for 30 years, and um, my uh, grandparents come from West Wicklow. So, you know, I'm fairly much a, a and local. You've, you've stood for election there, and you did well, too. I did, indeed. Yeah, well, did. they didn't elect me, but that's... No, but you, you, you got a very... You nearly 2,000 votes, didn't you? You were well, yeah. Yeah, well yeah. up there. Um, oh, we but, had the is, But is it... Um, is it that the traffic is... Dublin is crazy at the minute. Uh, absolutely Nobody crazy. Nobody cares, Joe. Um, even though th- the traffic mm. is down because of the mm. two-day week or whatever way it's working out. Yeah. But it's still crazy. And there's there's so many... And I know the whole argument, like Fairview is now just a complete cul-de-sac. A complete cul-de-sac. Yeah. Six lanes, six roads from the north side of Dublin basically all converge on a, on a cul-de-sac. Mm. And a little know, alley, a yeah. little alleyway uh, off Fairview to try and get into town. So forget about that. There's queues down East Wall now. There's the demos down in East Wall uh, against the asylum seekers, unfortunately. And the traffic you don't know when the traffic is going to be blocked. So a lot of people are just not risking it because they're trying to get into work. Um, and there's a lot more Strand Road and Sand. I could go on and on and on and on. Know, it's just yeah. that. By the time, I'm just thinking, by the time the motorists got to where you were on the main street in Arco, maybe they'd been sitting somewhere for 30, 40 minutes. 
Well, it's unlikely, Joe, because Arco is quite small town. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they might have come in off the bypass or whatever. And there has been a lot of restrictions. And in fact, Wicklow County Council only opened up the, um, the area um, about a week ago, I think it was. And they've done lovely work on it and put in lots of pots and seats and everything. It's absolutely lovely, lovely pedestrian space, too. So it's a pity now that we're going to ruin this with bad tempers. Okay, Maria, Maria. Yes, good afternoon, Joe. This morning in Maynooth, yes, the university town. Well, what happened? Yes. I'm ringing on behalf of my daughter. She was okay. just telling me a little while ago. She was driving into work into Maynooth, and there was a car driving really slowly in front of her. Yeah. And so slow that a motorbike actually overtook her and the car in front of her. Okay. And she decided, you know, I'm going to overtake this car. It was a yeah. straight stretch of road. I'm not and sure it was if it was a broken line or a straight line, but she overtook the car. Very safely. Okay. And she was in traffic then in Maynooth and the lights were red and a guy jumped out of the car behind her and started tapping her window with his mobile phone. Oh, gosh. And he he was really aggressive and he was indicating yeah. her to pull down the, win- the window and she didn't, luckily. And he kept indicating and she didn't, luckily, <laughs> didn't because she was, she was so shocked. Yeah. He started shouting at her and saying he was going to report her and um, what was she thinking of and... She just sat there really, really shocked, and then the lights turned green. He got back into his car, and he continued to make all sorts of signs and shaking his fist yes, at her. But what did he hope to achieve by getting out know. of the car? Uh, intimidation, obviously. She's a young girl. She was absolutely terrified. Yeah, I don't... All, all, by the way, Valerie, all our victims so far have been women. And all of the yeah. offenders, it seems, have been men. Yeah. Well, most of the offenders, we had women shouting at us as well. Oh, I joke, but okay. um, most of the offenders were definitely men. And I don't know, maybe it's a macho thing or something. But to be honest, Joe, it's horrible. Yeah, and I, I think it's if frightening. people were to listen to this yeah. and just think about it and say, you know, maybe I need to look out. Maybe somebody yeah. has a reason for doing this. I have to say loads of lovely people did contact us yeah. afterwards. And said, you know, we hope everything's okay, okay. which of course it was. Okay, and it is, it is frightening. But again, as, as that caller said, how is your horn going to start my car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Valerie Cox, kind regards to you and your family, Denise and uh, Maria, uh, likewise, and thank also you, Mary Wheeler. Joe at RT, Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe at RT.ie. And remember, the, the next item we're talking about uh, trampoline, but it's not for Christmas, so to speak. So it's not, it's, it's, Santi will deliver any trampoline that any child has looked for, uh, hopefully. But Michelle, good afternoon. We know trampolines have their ups and downs, but your one is only going in one direction. And that's up and it won't come down. What happens? That's it, Joe, exactly. Um... I had been doing a little bit of research, looking to get my children a trampoline, um, looking at round ones, looking at rectangular ones, found exactly what we were looking for. Yeah. Um, Can I allowed to say the store that it was yeah, available Yeah, of course, of course. So it, yeah. it was in Smith's Toy well, Store. Well, you have, you have um, to say Smith's because it's, it's the biggest toy toy company in the world at this stage, as far as I know. In the, well, in the Western world, they're an incredible success story. Well done, well done. It is. Uh, from a, from my memory, I know they don't give many interviews, but they um they began in a shop down in the west of Ireland, a toy sh- shop, and it's expanded dramatically. Okay, no, no bother, no bother. Smiths are no, well, are well to able. Fair, to be fair, Joe, I mean, we actually used to use the Smiths catalogue when my children were too oh, yeah. young and they couldn't write. 
their letter. Uh, they used to cut out the pictures, and yeah. so we would regularly go go to Smiths. But anyway, long story short, uh, we found the trampoline that we wanted. Okay. I wasn't as organised as I normally would have been, um, and it went out of stock quite quickly. All right. But I, I managed. I went on to the UK version of the site and found that it was available in the UK. Um, and I contacted a friend in the north to see if I could get delivered. Long story short, they couldn't deliver it because the one warehouse um, supplies both north and south of Ireland. Okay. Um, anyway, I went on, contacted Smith, the whole lot, and I went on the other day to the website and noticed that the price had gone up from €499 Euros to €599. Euros. And is it the same product? It's the identical okay, product. Okay, you're right, you have to photograph here. Jumbo power, 15 foot by 10 foot, rectangular trampoline and enclosure, which is safety forced, I suppose. Uh, there you have it, 499 599 in, in, in what space of time did it jump 20%? In the space of ten days, so I had taken wow. a screenshot of it at four ninety nine, and then I went in and it was five ninety nine. Literally, ten days, and I mean, I could understand ten euros, Joe, even twenty euros, but a hundred euros four weeks before Christmas—it just seems extreme, to say the least. Um, now, would they? We've been on to submit, um, and we're asking them now. Would they come back and say, "Well, see, this is a new batch of trampolines, the same trampoline, same spec." But this is a new batch of trampoline and we're now paying extra for parts for the trampoline in the world we live in. Well, they could do, but it was in stock a couple of weeks ago at four ninety nine, and now all of a sudden it's out of stock. It's coming back into stock later this week. Um, so I don't know how much it would go up that a new batch that it would be €100. Euro. It just seems... Yeah. As I, say, I wouldn't mind, Joe. This is actually going to take up half our garden. It is a big trampoline. We've only got a small garden. It's going to take up half the garden. But it was for three children. And we figured that we get a couple of years out of it. Um, it it'll grow, or the children will grow with it. I mean, every family has a budget for Christmas. And this yeah, far course, exceeds yeah. what we would normally spend at yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of money, 600 quid. It's a massive amount of money. 500 was bad enough. 600, I just... I just don't think um, we can justify it. Now, do, do you have a do you have a, a circular? Do you have any previous history with trampolines? Uh, no, we have never had a trampoline before. Well, make sure you tie it down. You know the way they can take off in the wind. Oh, they can take off, and it actually comes. Well, you can buy a, a safety kit that you can stake into the ground, and we had planned to do oh, all great. of that. Okay. But um, yeah, so just just. And your friend, why are you getting a trampoline, Michelle? Just. I have three very active okay, like, okay. twin eight-year-olds okay. uh, and an almost seven-year-old. And we just, we, I look, they'd, they'd looked for a trampoline for a long while and we put it off and put it off because we still had a swing and slide from when they were younger. Um, but they've asked and asked and asked and we just said, look, let's, mm. let's go with it. Let's get the trampoline. Um, only, obviously, to have decided on it and then first it off. But just the history of Smith is incredible. Like, incredible uh, success story. Smith's Toys, the Toy Super. I'm reading from Business of Finance this week. Um, Smith's Toys, the Toy Superstore, originally founded in County Mayo, recorded recorded group 
uh, group profits of 1.5 billion last year. Sorry, group revenues, revenues of just under 1.5 billion last year. The company is an Irish multinational chain provider of children's size and entertainment products. I know many of us, including myself, go to sleep every night reading the, the uh, Smith's catalogue. Still owned by the Smith family, which began as a family news agent in Clare Morrison, County Mayo. It has now expanded to a group. Do you know how many people work for Smith's? Have a guess. 6,000. Oh, my goodness. 6,000? That's bigger than Intel. Has expanded to a group uh, worldwide with almost 6,000 staff, with 250 stores in Ireland, the UK, and continental Europe. That's bigger than pennies at this stage. Primark, which is another great success story. Despite the impact of the pandemic last year, Smith's mainland group business continued to grow with revenues across its German, Austrian, and Swiss stores increasing by by 17.9 million to 480 million. According to the directors, the store closures due to the outbreak of COVID-19 around Easter and Q4 2020 had a negative effect, obviously, on every business. Despite this, the directors are satisfied the result given uh, ongoing COVID-19 impacts, the current economic climate and competitive uh, marketplace. The group is headquartered in Galway, and uh, recently uh, disclosed that combined revenues at its British and Northern Irish units totaled uh, 670 million, or, uh, sorry, 780 million euro. That was 670 sterling. 708 million euro, uh, while turnover at its shops in the Republic hit 210 million euro. Wow. Do you want to, want to keep going? I, I'm fascinated by this, this story. Smith's Toys... In the EU, their HQ, uh, which covers the group stores in Germany, Austria and Switzerland, reversed a 30 million pre-tax loss in 2020, obviously COVID, to record profits of 10.9 million. Okay. Um, has 100 stores in, in Britain alone. Does anyone remember the toy shop in Clare Morris in County Mayo where it all began? Does anyone remember that toy shop? Tell us about it. Tell, tell, us, tell us about it. Okay, we've been on to Smiths and I'm sure they will respond. But it, it, it is, on the one hand, they are brilliant. They're brilliant to the toy show. They're, I love going into their shops. I don't know about you, Michelle. I just love yeah. going into their shops. It usually cost me a fortune, Joe, I know, but I, I do know, go I know, in. I know, I know, but I used to love going in and then I'd plead uh, and I knew it. Uh, and then in in Dublin, the one I go into is just off uh, Mary Street. And the brilliant thing about it is there's Smith's up one end of the street, Big Smith's, and down at the corner, there's Banba Toy uh, Store. Toy Master, that's right, yeah. Yeah, Toy Master, Toy Master, who I love as well. Okay, Michelle, we, we wait um, to... to we, we, do you think you'll go ahead anyway and try and... Get the few bob together. I'll try and get the few bob okay. together, Joe. I think, okay. yeah, just for the, well, the well, safe. Uh, was somebody was somebody on the radio recently asking parents not to buy trampolines? Was it a doctor? Not to buy. He, th- he thinks he or she uh, thought they were very dangerous. But anyway, I'm sure we'll have. Make sure they're well supervised and the enclosure. Exactly, and I'm sure, the I'm sure there's good stories and bad yeah, stories yeah, and the yeah. whole lot, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, thanks. Thanks, thanks a million, Joe, thanks, cheers. Thanks, Michelle. And um, where is Mary? Mary, back to road rage. By men against women, it seems. Go ahead, Mary. Hi, Joe. Um, I Just when I heard Valerie there, it really struck a chord because I couldn't yeah. believe that I'd almost had an identical experience um, okay. in August on the N11. 
Um, the N11 11 kids... just for people who don't get like me who can't understand N11 oh. is Dublin to Wexford is it? Correct yeah, yeah Okay. Um, we were just passing one of the exits uh, coming out of Bray and okay. the clutch went oh. managed to somehow get the car into the side of the road um, we weren't really blocking the traffic as such but anybody coming down off the slip road would have had to have paused and kind of gone around us yeah. and I realised it wasn't the safest situation so I got out put the the triangle, the danger triangle at the back of the car and rang the recovery people okay. and it, it was busy. It took them an hour to come. But yeah. what amazed me was that not one car, nobody offered assistance. Yeah. And it was quite obvious, like I two little kids in the car, their heads bopping up and down. I was there and they all geeked. That was, they all uh, blew their horns Sucked as well as horn, they yeah. passed. Yeah, yeah. Thinking the power, uh, the power from their horn would start your car. <laughs> exactly, Joe. I was just, I, I, I'm like, I come from Mayo, and I just have this idea that you know people would. I honestly thought somebody would help me in in my naivety. Mm. I honestly thought at least one or two people would just pull up and say, "Listen, there's no anything we could do." Now there was nothing they could do because the, the, the car just wasn't going to work. But, uh, yeah, it's just I thought it's just a change so there in was no there was no good Samaritan? Not one, Joe. <laughs> Not one. Just, as I said, most of them actually blew their horns. Um, and it wasn't like I was actually blocking the road. They, they just had to, instead of flying down on the N11, they just had to pause to kind of go around us. But, uh, yeah. Well, do you, do you know, now I don't know if it operates in other countries, but I remember hearing about it. In... In Russia, of all places, they have some slight irony to it now. Say least. They have a good Samaritan law. Mm. And that means that if you come across a car broken down or someone in trouble, you have to stop. You have yeah, to so, stop. It's, yeah, it sounds like, yeah. But I think that was inherently in us in the past. I mean, I mean, in times gone by, people would always stop. I think mm. it's just a change in attitude. I don't know. <laughs> and the Russian, the Russian criminal code, which which established in eighteen forty five, the failure to be a good Samaritan has been declared a criminal offence. Mm. But it doesn't. <laughs> this trend uh, hasn't been taken up by the Anglo American legal tradition, which would be us. I suppose we're very Anglo in, in that sense, our legal. Um, so it, they call it the Good Samaritan Law. Now, yeah. But- well, like I said, wouldn't you think like the people would just do it without actually yeah. having a law to force them yeah. to do once, it? Once it's safe to do so, once you're not exactly. jumping yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, stay, stay with us, Mary. Um, oh, Anna, Anna Himes. Anna, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> I was in New York recently yeah. and I was getting out of a taxi and I had a load of parcels and I was taking too long for the car behind who started to hoot. And I turned around to him when I had everything out and I said, what is your problem? And then I kind of turned away and I went walking around the corner. Next thing I heard his car revving up and passing the taxi Mm -hmm. by, which he could easily have done at any point because there's no other traffic on that particular street. So I walked down my street towards where I was going and the next thing I could hear this car and somebody shouting at shouting. I didn't know necessarily it was at me. So I looked around and this guy had his window down and he was shouting directly at me and which I ignored and then yeah. the last thing I heard him say was next time I will kill you so, wow. <laughs> and then 
he drove off in a screech of tires, etc., etc. So that was my New York story. Oh, God. Next time I yeah. will kill you. Absolutely. And did he, did, have, did he look like... I have, no, I have no doubt that he had a gun in his car. Absolutely none. Very high-end, brand-new car. The accent was definitely what you'd expect a drug dealer to have. And the fact that he was threatening to kill me because I took too long to get out of the taxi and next, held him up. Next time I'll kill you. Yeah. Make, was that, did, he, did he look like Clint Eastwood? Make my day. <laughs> no, I couldn't probably see him. But, you know, he was in a, okay. he was in a car. So there we how, are. How did you get on in New York? Oh, very well, thank you. I'm glad to be back, however. Yeah. I've spoken yeah. to a few people recently who love New York. Yeah. And they've been in the last year, post-COVID, post-Trump, or still in the middle of Trump, and they, they, they've taken a scunder to it. They don't, they don't like it much anymore. They think it's gone too, too uh, discourteous and pushing and shoving, and you can't talk about politics because you're either Trump or Biden or versa vice. And um, anyway, you still like it. Yes. Of okay, well, just say, <laughs> if you see your man the next time you're there, Anna, will you run? <laughs> I certainly, I certainly won't be asking him what his problem is. <laughs> okay, thanks, Anna Himes. Uh, okay, you, cheers, you, Dan. Okay. cheers, Anna. You, Connor, is a taxi driver. Um, you're working, so I won't keep you too long. You, um, okay, what, what, what happened? You picked up a fare in. Yeah, where I am now, I'm down on Sackville Place. You know, we saw clearly there in the yeah, college. Yeah. And I came in uh, one evening. I was, it was bright. It was, um, it was. There was only one lady there. There was no taxis. I was okay. the only one. I drove up to her. She was right at, at, at the corner of Connor Street. Okay. And she had a caddy cop with a, with a baby and a, and a young ten, that was ten year old boy. And I said, "Where would you like to go?" And she says, "I need to go down to catch the Stena line." Okay. At seven o'clock. And I said, "What time is your sailing?" She says, "Eight o'clock." I said, "God, you're leaving it very late. We oh, need to hurry. Yeah, yeah. have to get all your stuff in." So I, I put it in the car, put all the, the luggage in the boot. The lady sat behind the passenger seat. The young lad sat next to me in the passenger seat, mm-hmm. and the baby was stretched across on, behind me in, in, in the, behind the driver's seat. Okay. And I proceeded out onto O'Connell Street, turned left because, as you have to, and I was going to go down Abbey Street, and I had the arrow on the light to go left onto Abbey Street. And as I was proceeding to turn left, there was people crossing, jaywalking, you know, just ignoring the traffic yeah. signals. Well, that's Dublin. So yeah. I blew the horn to let me through because I was in a hurry to get the lady down. I wanted her to catch okay. her and somebody that was walking across took offence at being blown at. Okay. And he turned back around, walked up to my windscreen and spat on my windscreen. Which I thought was disgusting in itself. Yeah, it is. It and is. then it he is. ran home, he walked around to, this, to my window, the, the passenger window, and it, he was very agitated. And I thought he might have broke my window, so I rolled it down because I couldn't walk with a broken window. Yeah, of course. And when I rolled down the window, he proceeded to punch me full in the face. Wow. He punched and he you. He stood back and he said, "If you get out of that car, I'll ah. kill you." So you're, and the, you're started, the lady in the back started to cry. She said, "Don't get out, wife a baby," and I want to try and catch the ferry. And the young lad was upset, sitting beside me. So I just, I just had to suck it up because if I did get out, Joe, and I did defend myself, I would have, I most probably have lost my uh, license to drive. So he, Actually, pu- he you punched know. you full on the face. Full on the face, yeah. Mother of God. And you're in a sitting position. He's standing, obviously. Yes, yeah, so and I had the seatbelt on me as well. And there's a, a, you're restricted now you can pull back. And I, if he was standing, it was, it was, there was a bit of power in a punch when you're yeah, standing. Well, he, he might not reach. If I'm a tall man, Joe, I'm six foot four. 
And if it had been standing there, I, I don't think he would have punched me, you know. He was just taking advantage. But he was uh, just full of anger, Joe. And and you, did you, have you a dash cam? Could you report and that had a no, dash cam? No, 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 I don't have a dash cam. Okay. But now, uh, I was just shaken up after it. I thought, you know, it's, it's like, taxi drivers get a lot of bad press, as you know yourself. We're yeah. not all bad people, you know. Well, I know that. Stop, I know that. Stop it. Not 99.999. Um, Absolutely. Uh, but you, what about what about tonight, uh, the weekend in Dublin? Will there be many taxis? I'm not that you can predict, but no, I don't. I wouldn't work nights, Joe. Why? You know, I just, I just, I feel it's too, it's too dangerous. I mean, you just have to be unlucky once. That's all, you know. And I've heard more, heard more stories. I was in filling up at a petrol station the other day, and there was a guy starting a night. Okay. And I said, "Are you starting or finishing?" He says, "I'm only going out." And he says, what's it like in the days? I says, you don't make as much as nights. I says, but you'll make a living, you know, if you put yeah, the hours yeah. in. And he says, yeah, because it's getting a bit rough. He says, I was out there about two weeks ago, he said, and I turned around and there was two guys in the back and they were start taking uh, Class A cocaine and start oh, starting up their nose. And he, he told them to stop and he, yeah. uh, they produced a knife to him. Oh, God. So that's how dangerous but it is. I, but, but I can't. Now, I'm not saying everybody is like that. I know, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But still, it's. But but you has has the the plastic divider between the driver and the passengers. That made a difference. Would that not give it you has, a little bit of reassurance? Has, but, but it has made a difference, Joe. But it also ruins. You know, taxi drivers. I'm sure you've gotten a taxi. Ooh. And most taxi drivers, like especially with tourists. We like to, to kind of give them a guide to tour. Yeah, they're brilliant. Anywhere. They're brilliant. There's none better. Uh, and that, you have a screen up, it ruins that because you can't really... Yeah, I was a good, you're shouting, people. you can't hear them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And during the day, as I walk during the day, I mostly deal with tourists, you know. But you just finally, how do you manage driving through the... Well, you have to, you can use the bus lanes, I suppose that helps. If you didn't, if, if you didn't have the bus lanes in Dublin, daytime you'd be a basket case. Oh, well, it's, get, it's going to get worse after Christmas, Joe, from... from Trinity College up to the corner of George's Street is going to be pedestrianised. Oh, good luck. You know what oh. I mean? That's going to cause mayhem. Yeah. And they forget I don't that. Know how. Yeah, yeah. If somebody gets in here in, in Sackville yeah. Place and asks me to take them over to George's Street, I haven't a clue how I'm going to get over there. Or to any of the hotels up there, like Drury's Hotel or Drury, you know, or any of those hotels that's in around South William Street. And how long will you... St- get access to them. And how long will you... Um, how long will you stay out today? I stay out till about 10 o'clock tonight, before the madness starts. Yeah, the madness. You see, yeah. t- tonight is the um, tonight is the first big party night, isn't it? Yeah, and you see, this, this, those parties, you get people coming out, and they're... I, I used to do nights, so I know what I'm talking about. They, they'd be absolutely stoicist drunk, Joe. Do they, yeah? And, you, and while you like to get everybody home, it's... it's People are full of, it's not just drink now, they're full of chemicals. Not everybody, but okay. a lot of people are taking chemicals. Yeah. No, it's, and then, it's scary. Yeah, then just, just in Sackville Place, you, you know the little memorial down there near that new hotel, it's underground. Yeah, the, they had a, the, the, uh, yeah. a commemoration there yesterday yeah. for, the, for the 48 years. For the two sad, like, the busmen that were killed. Uh, Friday yeah. the 1st of September 1972, uh, which was yesterday, what, 50 years ago. Um, a Blue Hillman Avenger with a Northern Reg exploded. Uh, first, the first explosion was at um, Eden Quay, and then there was an explosion around the corner in uh, yeah. Sack, Sackville Place, and two men were killed. Um, 
Mr. George Bradshaw and Thomas Duffy. Thomas was only 23. I saw his, I think it was his widow. Yeah, Lord rest them all. Lord rest the two of them. They would have been coming out of the CIE canteen there at the back of Cleary's. Anyway, they, that's a forgotten bombing, but we'll remember them but, now that you're sitting near where that yeah, little memorial Yeah, like there was a memoration for them yesterday. Yeah, so good, good, they, good. They sealed it off for them now. Okay. You, so, okay, just you, one more thing. Yeah. Just while I was sitting here talking to you, yeah. there was a couple outside my car, and yeah. the girl was punching the head off the fella, and she drew blood oh, from his nose and everything. I mean, that's oh, what it's God like God. in Dublin. God's sake. Just now, right, and right now, outside the car. You're witnessing Sorry? You're witnessing it. Yeah, it's just, she's just walking up, she's walking up towards O'Connor Street now. Okay, that's O'Connell Street live. Um, Hugh, go safely, please, and thank you and all the taxi drivers for their service, especially yes. this time of year. Okay, Joe at rt.ie. Thanks, Joe. Bye-bye. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Very lucky here the last few weeks have been rehearsing. Ty showed a musical in the Studio One here beside us, and it sounds absolutely fantastic. Brilliant, big, big, big production because they have to have three sets of children because children are not allowed work more than three hours a day. God, they're snowflakes. And us, at their age, I was up chimneys and selling newspapers in my bare fee down the... Down. <laughs> anyway, it sounds incredible, by the way. And that's, that's not in it at this stage. Okay, where... Oh, Smith, Smith's, the history of Smith's. Now, 6,000 employees, 250 shops... One of the biggest toy companies in uh, all of Europe, if not the biggest toy stores, James Nicholson. James, good afternoon. <laughs> Joy, you're, <laughs> you're having lots of issues today. Yeah, I am, yeah. Now tell us, James, where did you remember the first Smith's store? Where was it? The, well, the, the Smith's shop it was then, yeah. probably originally, in Morris. It was like, you know, when you've got the terrace of houses with the business underneath, and I presume living accommodation overhead or whatever. Okay. It was like two windows on top and the big fascia board. Established in 1935. I drew up a picture of it here. Oh, good man. Send us, send us that. What's up with that? Or yeah. Tweet that, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 I will, yeah. Uh, and did you ever go and in? they were you... originally... Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't go in for toys. I was too old for toys at the time. But you go in if you were passing when before Tim Morris was bypassed. You go in for a drink or a paper or if you want stationery. They did that to the front, uh, from my memory, okay. and the toys were to the back. And was there a Mr. Smith and or a Mrs. Smith? At that age, I wouldn't have an I idea. There, was a, there were senior people there, all right. Okay. But I believe it's, it's not the sons that are, are the drivers well, they're, now. They're, they're, very, well, they're very entitlement to be. They're a very private company. They're a private company. They're a family company. I think. I think. Well, I think they're sons and daughters. And was it? Was it a little? Oh, yeah, James, was it a little wonderland there in Clare Morris? Do you remember, James? It would have been. Yeah, and you'd have the cone outside. You know that type of shop. Okay. To the. And my memories were two shop and one. It was like the papers and uh, stationery okay. to the front, and then. And I you, don't think they sold any food products. And they started. You say they started the toy resolution. Try rev- revolution even. I would say they'd be the Ryanair of toys. Yeah, they are. 6,000 employees, James. 6,000. That's a lot of employees, Joe. Isn't that brilliant? That's a big Christmas party. That's, that's a big that's Christmas a big... party. <laughs> Hope they're all not looking for a taxi at the same time um, across the world. Okay, James Nixon, where's you know Joe? Yeah, sorry, James, yes. 
No, just even then, Jolie, even in our local town, at Christmas, some shops would take in and sell toys. Oh, yeah, At course. Christmas. Yeah. Back then, in the country. So I don't know whether it started off like that or not, but certainly it's a success, a massive success, and good luck to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we're still yeah. trying to find out the price of that trampoline. Um, but thanks, James. Joan is in Sligo. Do you remember Smith's? Oh, I have just magical memories of Smith's, uh, Joe. Um, as an essential researcher, I was born in um, uh, about five or six miles outside Clamars in 1950. Okay. My father had the only old uh, jalopy of a car in the whole area. He used to bring the children for vaccinations. And when it, if it was working on a Saturday, we went to town and always headed into uh, Smith's, that's where I got my Bunty and Judy and all those uh, magazines. It was a magical place, but at Christmas, and I would have been very young at this point, I just remember seeing the very first toys I ever, but uh, it was uh, it was quite a modest affair. There was absolutely okay. nothing overwhelming about it. They did those small tricycles. We had one of them. Yeah. If you were very well off family, you got the ones with the big wheels, but we only had one with little wheels. And, um, yeah, and it did boxes of bricks, you know, those, and maybe a few mechanical toys, like you'd wind them up and away the way. Oh, fantastic. Nothing at all out of the ordinary, no, no. But yeah. I was uh, absolutely crazy for books, and that was all I really oh, wanted magic. at yeah. Christmas was a book. But there was also a shop there in Claremont and uh, called Merrick's, and they had a kind of a display case at the side of the shop. Anyone in Claremont will remember from that era will remember this because it was unreal. They had a display case which was filled with shoes the rest all through the year okay. because it was a shoe shop. But As the well. shoes in Claremont, yeah, in Merrick's was the name of the, okay. the shop. The same name as the Elephant Man, right? Okay. Yeah. Merrick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they cleared out all these shoes <laughs> for Christmas and they filled this display case with toys. Now, whether it was Smith's that were supplying them or where they came from, I could not tell you for okay. sure. But between Smith's and Merrick's display case, it was fabulous. Yeah, it really was. And now. Joan, do you remember, was there a Mr. or a Mrs. Smith? There must yes, have been. Yes, I remember there was a very uh, dignified um, a very dignified lady who was referred to as old Mrs. Smith. She was classic um, a lady of her era. Oh, she had the pearls, she had the twin oh. set, and she was very, very, um, very, very respectable, I'm sure, indeed, for sure. And uh, yes, definitely, I remember her. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure there were younger members of the family. But I do remember the lady known as old Mrs. Smith, for sure. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Smith. And was it the only toy shop in Claire Morris? Well, from what I can remember, yeah, there yeah. may have been others, but Smith was the centre of our universe for wow. at Christmas when, in, the, in that uh, era, for sure and certain. I, I can remember being there, like, and then an aunt of mine who is now gone as well, like, yeah, God rest her. To the toy I shop always remember her being in there with yeah. her, and we must have seen what was the very first Barbie there, because it was a doll with... Um, 
Yeah. Uh, how would you say, kind of grown up uh, shape, you know. My my aunt was totting and sort of hiding it from me and didn't want me to even look at this dog. <laughs> uh, but that's how old um, Barbie is. As we know, like Barbie's probably, she's over yeah. 60 years old, isn't she? Somebody was saying. Oh, she, is, but she, now, has, she hasn't aged a day in that box. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, I remember her first incarnation in Tim and Smith's for sure I do, yeah. And did, did you realise? There's now 250 Smith stores with one nearly opening every week. 250. I know, and I was just saying to your researcher, we have one in the retail park just up the road from here in Sligo, and I was up there about an hour ago, and it was nothing but grandparents coming out, laying down Brilliant. with the biggest toys you could ever see. I Yeah, I, I did have an idea, all right, yeah. that, um, it, that it was uh, from those humble beginnings, yeah. but uh, I'm still shocked by the figures you're Incredible. giving out there six, now, you know. 6,000 employees and rising. They're just, yes, I think it, they're, opening, it, it, they're opening a new store, it's probably not this, probably in the new year, in North Wales. I read that. So they're, they're everywhere. Incredible. They are everywhere, Incredible. yeah. I looked, okay. I, I'd be going you were down. There, you were there yes. at the start, Joan. Oh, definitely there at the start. I go down there now regularly, but to tell you, Joe, now the way we have the, if I have your ear, as they say, um, Claire Morris is a shame, really. It's oh, just it? like okay. so many towns in Ireland. The whole heart of it has been ripped out, and all the commerce is now outside the wow. town. You had, when I was a child, about half a dozen families uh, just owned all of it, but it was a great place to go. And it really you, was. Joan, do you remember what street Smith's Toy Store, the original one, was on in Claire Morris? Well, I suppose it was the main street. There is a bridge there. You simply went over the bridge. Well, we were coming in from what was known as the Cross Boyne side. We actually um, were born and brought up um, only a mile or two away from Castle uh, McGarrett, which well, would have been the ancestral home of Garrett to There Broome, it is. You know? Well, I'm looking at it now, and I'll tweet it. Somebody just sent me in a photograph of Smith's in Clare Morris. It's still there. And it says, oh, established 1935. So that's where that, it all began. That's where it all began. And I, well, I go down there regularly because that's where I'm from. And I, every time I go down, I go in there, yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's there, just like I remember. It's no bigger, definitely. Yeah, it's not like... Yeah. They, but they probably have the big one outside the town, yeah. all right, I would think, yeah. Well, I hope they, I hope they keep the... Well, it looks like they are looking after the original one. Um, in uh, Main Street in Clare Morris, and looks like it's a lovely quaint shop. And um, and then uh, above above the shop, it looks like it is living quarters. It looks Don't like it is living imagine. quarters. Yeah, two big two big bay windows. Yeah, I go in there now, and so uh, you know, there may be youngsters behind the counter. And I feel, I keep, I want to say to them, do you have any idea? <laughs> yeah, how big the um, yeah, the empire uh, is. And this started from here. I don't know, really, you know. It's incredible. Somebody said, do you remember the Claire Morris Ham Fair? The Claire Morris? Ham. ham. Yes, there was a festival known as the Claire Morris Ham Festival. There was indeed, yeah. And who, what was that about? Well, I imagine it was probably the, the idea probably came from the local bacon factory, which was a okay. big a big deal back then as well, you know. But how would you how would you 
I don't know what it's um it's it's Weber had the best ham was it? Okay, well done, well done. Okay, Joan, thanks indeed. Back after this quick break. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. We're still trying to get an answer from Smith why the trampoline has gone up 20% in the space of a week. But anyway, but, but we're now, the programme has turned into a celebration of Smith's, uh, the incredible achievement of Smith's, which began as a single shop in Clare Morris, uh, in Main Street um, in 1935. And today they have 250 shops and rising and are the turnover of one and a half billion as they say, and the biggest uh, toy shop uh, emporium in Western Europe. Uh, Ireland, England, uh, Germany, uh, Switzerland, Austria and beyond. Uh, let me go. John O'Brien first. John, you remember. Oh, yeah, I was talking to John, wasn't I? Just a few Johns here. Uh, Jerry. Yeah, no, no, you weren't. Okay, off you go, John. What do you remember, Smiths, in Claire Morris? Well, you see, my mother was from, well, it is from halfway between Claremorris and Baal. I think Baal Stanford is the actual area. Okay. Um, my godparents, Sean and Anne French, still live there on, on um, Convent Road. But we used to go down there um, from the mid-70s to mid-80s as kids on holidays to stay with my grandmother. But the highlight of the week was always going swimming and afterwards going into uh, Smith's. It yeah. was just a magical shop. And it, you know, you could see it from hundreds of yards away because, from my memory, they had almost as much stock outside the shop hanging oh, from the brilliant, canopy brilliant. and on stands as they did inside. Buckets, spades, footballs. I bought many footballs. Well, my mother bought many footballs for me there. I had burst in them. But um, I used to love going in there getting matchbox cars. Oh, um, fantastic. You, you know, you didn't even have to buy anything to be in there. It was just magical. And it didn't matter what few coins you had in your short pants you'd find something and but, the, sh- and the know, shop is still there the uh, original it's still there yeah, yeah. I, it's a while now since I was down there um, but I was there about eight years ago and, and I was inside I was there but I do remember there was a man there we always called him Mr. Smith because my cousin John French he used to reserve shoot magazine there every week oh shoot and yeah, he'd yeah. go up and collect it um, but the crazy thing is years and years later in 2007 I think it was I had moved to Limerick a couple of years previously and worked as a size engineer. And I was given this new project at the Ennis Road Retail Park, okay. uh, right across from the Gaelic Grounds. And uh, when I went to the architect to collect the drawings, I was absolutely ecstatic to see the main anchor tenant was Woody's, but the second main tenant was uh, Smith's ah, uh, Toy Superstore. And you see, so every building one of them. remember every retail park wants a Smith's. Because it's such a magnet for for uh, oh, people, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I, I'd you, imagine it's one of the busiest shops in. And John, do you remember Mister Smith or uh, or uh, John said old uh, old yeah, Mrs. Smith, a very elegant woman? Yeah, well, no, I don't remember yeah, her. Very young. She okay. might have been before my time, but I definitely remember Mister Smith because my cousin knew him, uh, John French. He was okay. about four years older than me. But I would have been going in there from the age of four until maybe 12, 13. Um, but absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, and like, I grew up in Dublin. Uh, my, 
my my parents are still there, Michael and Mary French O'Brien. I'm sure they're listening. But um, the, there was nothing like it in Dublin. Uh, Hector yeah, Gray, maybe yeah, like Hector, it, yeah. close, but but that yeah. but it, it was just you could get anything you wanted in there: bubblegum, balloons, footballs. I don't know how they fit so much stock in such a small space. Um, they, they obviously were very well organised, but I yeah. do remember uh, Mr. Smith. Um, I, I, I would be too young to be calling adults by their first names, so I, will, I wouldn't know. Well, I remember. Was, you see, I, I remember. remember uh, you mentioned Hector Gray, John. I remember Hector Gray. I remember Hector Gray when he used to sell on a Sunday morning down at the Hapenny Bridge. Um, and then he used, then he oh, had his shop. I know, I know. That. Then he had the shop there around the Mary Street, which again was an emporium, was a magical wonderland you'd, you'd love going into. But it thanks, was, yeah. John O'Brien. Where's Helen? Helen, you say the family. Hello. The, how Hello. are you, Helen? You say the family are still in Claire Morris. Of course they are. Okay. Paddy, Paddy, you asked there a while ago who was the, who was the old Mr. Smith. He was Paddy Smith. Okay, Paddy, okay. I, I can't think of his wife's name. They were a lovely, lovely, lovely couple, and they were a lovely family. They just put a few boys in it. And always, always obliged as a business, because they were in that, that shop still that's there for the magazines and the papers. And in my time, well, my, I reared my children up. And but the, but the Helen, are you saying Mr. Smith, who was there in 1935, is still alive? No, no, he's dead now. But okay. He's dead a few years, only a few years, but I would have known Paddy Smith, and all the people around Camaras would have known Paddy Smith. And what, what are your memories of the toy shop? Oh, my goodness, it was beautiful. It was just a little shop. Oh, yeah. Down at the end was a, was a, a bear. Like Paddy used to run the bear. And they had a little bear, and they had little toys. And we Sorry, they had, a, they had a bar? Yeah, they had a bear, yeah, to the licensed premises as well. And they, had, <laughs> they sold everything from a needle to an anchor. And it sold real, real beer, not toy beer, real oh, beer. Oh, they sold drink, they sold drink. There was an awful lot of very customers that loved Paddy Smith. It was their, it was their stop. And was, pa- was at the end of the business, yeah. And was Paddy a gregarious man? Oh, he's a lovely man. Very, very ordinary yeah. country. And you and say, you say, the headquarters, the world headquarters are now in Galway. For their yeah. 250. Well, I mean, they have a massive toy store here in Camaras. Oh, of course, yeah. On the outskirts of the town, but they have the they have the they have the magazine shop as well, and it's quite a nice shop now, a big shop. They sell lots of books and different things. Great. As well. And, and did, all, did you know they were that big? Did you know they're six thousand oh, employees? Yeah, the co- well, I didn't realise it until I was reading it last week about how big they've got, but we knew they were big because I don't think so many people in Camaras begrudge them their wealth or their, their brilliant, success brilliant. because they were always a very, very, very obliging. Yeah. Family. Oh no, just, no, and hopefully, you know, I, hopefully, I no one would be. Oh no, that's yeah. nothing. They were anyway. lovely, lovely family, and always was. Okay, and, uh, great that's story. It, that's, great. that's it. Well, uh, well, well, you asked there a while ago about was there any other toy shop in Camaras? Yes. So, not that I know of, but in, in my kids' time, but there was a bicycle shop. Okay. Called Cunyans, and they used to sell bi- the old rally bikes, and at Christmas, the weeks before Christmas, they put sanity up on the bike. Right, and that was okay. where the children of the town and the children of the country, when we come into town, yeah. they stand for hours at the window watching Sensi riding this rally bike. And does, does Claire, by the way, people are having their tractor parades, their tractor Christmas parades in December. They're back again, I hope, with COVID. Will you let us know and we'll give them a shout out? Do you have a tractor Christmas parade in Claire Morris, do you know? Not the train, no, off, no. You I know where the country comes into the town, all the tractors are decked up and lights. No, I don't the think there's one, in, there's one in there's one in Bal down the road, all right. Ah, okay. Begin, but, but okay. Sure about okay. Okay, Helen, go to meet a Margaret. Jerry Sweeney's in Bangararis in uh, North Mayo, is it, Jerry? 
Yeah, uh, Joe, yeah. No, I was just uh, working in the shop here myself in uh, in a hardware shop in Bangor Everest, and I was just listening okay. to you there on the radio. But uh, Smith's very much, obviously, as some of your callers there beforehand have said, very much in existence, still on the old site in Claremaris. But I remember I, um, I have two... God. I had two young fellas now growing up, right? And, uh, like, it was an annual pilgrimage here, about a 55-mile journey for me, maybe on a Monday or a Tuesday night before Christmas up there to get all the toys. Obviously, that they had seen in their catalogue that had, you know, come in yeah, through the door yeah. there, probably in November or whatever. But um, I, you were saying how worldwide they are. Uh, my oldest yeah. son now, Gary, he, he's lived in a few different places in the UK. And I know he was living in Reading, and just down the road from him, there's a huge smith. And now he's wow. moved up to Manchester there for the last few years. And again, in Manchester, there's a huge yeah. bit. So it's great to see a old company, you know, that has that has really uh, gone on to the world, I suppose the world stage, European stage anyway. So fair play to them. And a great shop to go to. And, and the, to, to believe that it, the, one of the world's biggest Thai shops... Um, yeah, absolutely. Actually absolutely. Began, began in a little shop in Clare Morris in County Mayo. Yeah, Fantastic. on the main on the main street in Claremaris, the, yeah. the bridge there. A lady earlier said that's the railway bridge in Claremaris. That bridge is over the railway, and literally there from the station, it's only about you know three three doors up the street there from that bridge. You're into you're into the old Smith. And as I said, that shop is very much still there. Yeah. I remember the bear customers would come in. The wife might go with the kids <laughs> okay, shopping, and, and and somebody would have the pint maybe or whatever. I well, definitely Paddy it was there. I'm Jerry. In, in the bear. Jerry, I'm looking at the screen here, and you know the way harassed parents are brought yeah, into Smith's yeah. by the children. Yeah. A number yeah. of, now I have to say they're men, a number of men are saying, can Smith's bring back that bring back that tradition <laughs> of a bar in the toy shop? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would be a winner, all right. Well, that would be but a that winner. Be, I, think, I think from Claire Morris, they probably progressed to the shop in Galway. And I okay. remember then, obviously, had a, a huge shop in Galway, and that's, I know, my two fellas, then that was like a, that was some emporium for them then when they got into that. But, um, You'd have no problem spending a few mm. hours in there, or them spending a few hours, and, and you had a bit of freedom to yourself. But uh, great, great company, great Mio company, and fair play to them. You see, I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of Hector Gray again because I think it was yep. the anniversary. It was on Bowman on with John on Sunday, and yep. we heard his voice. But you see, Hector <laughs> Gray had an advantage in toy stores, and that he he travelled around China and Hong Kong. Yeah, so yep. he knew he knew the business. But I'm just yeah. wondering, well, there's only, Hector Gray is gone, but Smith's yeah. of 250 stores, <laughs> which is just Yeah, well, they saw the opportunity, the fair play yeah, for them. Yeah, brilliant, know, brilliant, 6,000 people, incredible. Exactly. Okay, good okay. to meet him all, good Jerry, good to meet him all. Thanks, uh, Joe, uh, take care. Bye, where's, bye, where, bye. Where's, uh, where's Michael, Michael Cummins, Michael? Uh, Joe, how are you? <laughs> you, you, rem- yeah. you remember, Bride, she's called, is it Bordy Smith or Bridie Smith? Well, uh, Bridie, uh, Bernadette, uh, Bernadette was her, uh, her official, but everybody knew her as Bordy, yeah. Bordy, okay. Yeah, she, she died in 2016, and uh, okay. I, would have, I would have known them all through the years. Uh, Paddy, uh, lovely, lovely people. Uh, Anthony, the oldest of the lads, was in my class for five years in St. Coleman's, uh, down the road okay. there in Glamouris. And is Anthony now involved in the business? Uh, they're all involved oh, to some degree in the business. They are, yeah, okay. they are indeed. They are um, lovely people. And you were on about uh, lived in house. Yeah, uh, I, I would. I work with the local papers here in the oh, o- over, over the years. So, and uh, Paddy was actually one of the directors of a famous um, 
paper that was a breakaway from the Western People's so or the Western Journal. Okay. And uh, Tommy Gorman actually was our editor down there for a okay. few years as well. So they're very friendly with uh, the bold Tommy. And what do you, but, do, um, do you tell us about Bordie Smith for a start? Yeah, but Bertie was was an absolutely lovely lady. She she never she was just so natural, so she was so much a part of the main street community. Okay. And uh, next door to them, they had Maloney's Butchers there, Heaney's on the other side, O'Brien's Pub the other side. They were a lovely uh, integrated community on Main Street there at the ruins across the road from them, and uh, lots of youngsters grew up in that in that era in the town. It was just a lovely, warm uh, Main okay. Street community, and everybody. Everybody is so delighted for the Smith family because they have, honestly, Joe, they have given a huge contribution quietly to yeah, so quietly, many. Quietly, yeah, they're very... Yeah, quietly. Yeah, never look for publicity for it. But, but yeah. modest, and they've never lost the run of themselves. Absolutely. Incredible. to the Earth, my old people. Yeah. And, Michael, was there a bar in the toy there shop? Was, there was a tiny bar. I'd say that the smallest oh, bar, nice. one of the smallest little bars in the county. It was just at the edge <laughs> of the small shop. And you, you, you'd actually nearly miss it, Joe. You come in there, and there, there were a few people who come in a uh, um, few nights a week for a little card game, 25 card game, and Paddy would yeah. be inside the bar there. Uh, an absolute gentleman. He came from Brickens a few miles out the road, and it was lovely, and uh, well, that's where I went to get the little notes uh, for the papers into Paddy. I got all the news yeah. from Paddy. He was like writer's news agency for me <laughs> at the time. And what was Paddy yeah. like? Uh, Paddy was an absolute lovely, lovely man. Loved the GA, loved loved everything about uh, the parish and the county and the Mayo football yeah. teams, and he'd be always supporting. Very involved in early days, actually, with the club scene in the county as well. Uh, and the family remained that as well to this day, okay. by the way. And when did, he, when did Paddy pass? Paddy died in uh, 2006, so 20, 2006. And Bordy died in 2016, God rest the two of them. In 2016, yeah. yeah. Yeah, two sixteen. Actually, I I just emailed a wee bit that I wrote on Bordy. So if you want to put it up on some website, oh, you can. Oh, well, thanks very much. That's yeah. appreciated, yeah. Michael. Yeah, definitely, because people are fascinated by it now, and it's Christmas time, and there's not there's not um there's not a, there's not a family in the country that hasn't been in a Smith's toy store. Well, 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 that's true, and and I know they have them all over, like above and Derry. Yeah. There, they have a very fine one as well. But I mean, every Christmas Eve for years and years and years, it's a tradition uh, for for myself anyway, because of loyalty to the Smith family, to go in there, get a few newspapers to to read over the Christmas, a few books in there, yeah. and I just love the homeliness. It's you go in there, you know, you the belong bar. to the place. Michael, between you and me, is the bar still there? No, the uh, bar isn't there now. The bar, the uh, bar isn't there go. really since Paddy died, and uh, um, it was. It was. Uh, if we could get a photograph of sometime from the lads, uh, Liam or some of the lads, we'll do that for you. But yeah, it was yeah. so. It was a tiny okay. little bar. It was absolutely okay. lovely. And well, bring back the bar in toy shops, no matter how small. Yeah, and then, you, 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 as you said, you, if you were there, you'd be in there, you, and then you'd go up the stairs, Paddy or Bordy would invite you up, and many of the time I had the tea up the stairs, and oh, they, lived they, over the, they lived over the shop. Oh, they lived over the shop? Oh, absolutely, and they lived there, to, both of them lived there till they passed on, over the shop. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, incredible. yeah. Incredible success story. Okay, Michael Cummins, Michael Cummins, are you still are you still with the Mayo News, Michael? I, I am indeed. Okay, yeah. and would, you, would you believe it, what I was doing there when I got a call to say they were talking about Smith? I was actually yeah. writing a tribute for next week to your former colleague, who was a great friend of this county, and the Casabara Song Contest, to Val Joyce. Ah, the wonderful Val, yeah, yeah. just putting it together on Val. What a lovely man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We lost... That, 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 that was the weekend... Of the Creasla disaster, and that weekend, that weekend here in RTE, we lost Val Joyce, who was a gorgeous man, as you know, airs and pieces. Yeah. 
We lost a wonderful floor manager called Don Irwin. He was uh, always associated with the late, late show, an incredible character. Right. Uh, he was here for four decades. We lost Dermot, Dermot, Mil- Dermot Milan, Milan um, right, yeah. from the newsroom, another, another great colleague. And we lost Bill Keating, the director, the TV director, yeah. enter- entertainment programmes. And I Bill died. I remember the, the Bill well, and I hadn't actually heard of his past. Yeah, no. the, four, yeah. the four of them died, I think, on the one, that weekend. And obviously the whole country and still is deeply, deeply upset about Creasler. But uh, thanks for mentioning Val Joyce, because give me the opportunity to, to mention uh, the four great stalwarts of, of this organisation yeah. who passed. Uh, that weekend as well. Okay, Michael, good to hear you. Good to hear you and fine fettle. Good to meet you, That's Michael Commonson from the legendary Mayo News. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Finish with a good news story. Jack, what happened? Your cork, your sister, roundabout broke down. My sister, she blew up the tyre in her car in the Columbia roundabout, very yeah. busy roundabout. No, well, yeah. There was a lady, she was, the whole car shut down, there was a lady came by with kids, dropping them home, stayed yeah. with her for about 10 minutes, quarter of an hour. She had to go away then, and the guy yeah. came by, and when I got out then, he was there with her. Good lad. And the he rain, was... the rain was in sheets now at this stage, and the lady... There was one or two more cars stopped then while we were waiting for the tow truck to come. Yeah. So we were, we were okay. And then the lady, when she went home, she rang her son to go back with a sheet to put up over the window oh, so that the car wouldn't be saturated. Oh, well so done. when I listened to all your stories there at the top of the show, I felt, I felt I had to give a show. And, and, a came, good and the good news story came, as always, from Cork, Jack. Well done, well done, well done, well done. <laughs> no, By the way, no, no, no. Ballin Ball the Mean GAA Club, which is a small club in County Roscommon, they're having their Christmas tractor run, Christmas lights tractor run, tomorrow afternoon, uh, Saturday 3rd at 5pm. And because COVID is over, there will be a special visit from Santa Claus in the club rooms at 7.30. Uh, the last two years, the children haven't obviously been allowed to play with the tractors. They didn't all assemble, but they... The children are really looking forward to tomorrow afternoon. Let us know if you have any tractor uh, runs on. Mark McGraw was on sound. Shane Gavin was the BCO. Brenda Dunn, who produced Lisa Marie Berry, the series producer, and Ray Darcy's next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.